We're rolling. Welcome to the House Dudes Podcast, where we invite you to follow us on our journey towards financial freedom using the power of real estate. I'm Jack Haas. And I'm Josh Koth. Here at House Dudes, we believe in a couple key principles. Number one, the best way to retain information is by teaching it to others. And number two, a rising tide lifts all boats. We're not competitors, we're a community. So let's get into some real estate investing. So we're off to the next part of our how to find a deal series. And uh, this is going to be kind of a hodgepodge or junk drawer of what's remaining in our list. But uh, let's start off with kind of a buzzword that I think a lot of people are focusing on now, pay-per-click. Right. And just to recap, we're kind of covering the tail end of the more money, less time portion of how to find deals. So these are strategies that require a lot more capital, some cash, but can work if uh, you have a full-time job or more money than time. Um, So yeah, let's start with pay-per-click. So we've tried this a couple different ways, and I think that uh, pay-per-click is very market-specific, so obviously try this out in your market and see what happens. And, you know, like you have written in your notes here, there's a couple approaches, doing it yourselves and hiring it out. Well, this in this portion of the list of finding deals, we're f- focusing on the hiring a company portion of this. So uh, maybe speak a little bit to uh, what that cost and, and what our experience was. Yeah, so one thing that I think people, we probably should establish right off the bat is pay-per-click is almost an auction oriented uh, advertising because depending on how many people are in there hitting those exact same search words uh, it's going to drive your actual cost or that pay per click to your website or to your action page so be keep that in mind so one of those things that you're going to definitely experience is that with real estate investing we have a lot of the same search words as realtors and in our market a lot of those search words are very saturated and can get very costly. So pay-per-click could potentially be one of the more expensive routes when it comes to any kind of advertising. And especially if you're in a market that has a lot of sophisticated investors and people that are other investors utilizing the same strategy, then like you said, then you're you know, it's an like it's an auction type format. These keywords become very expensive. Um, so I think, you know, the pay-per-click approach, if you're going to hire it out, is you have to give it a real try. You know, I think we tried it for two different six-month stretches, right? And we just kind of determined that it wasn't providing the ROI uh, we required out of it. And some of that is our market and maybe just in the upper Midwest. You know, you have to look at your seller behavior and how they typically um, go about finding someone to purchase their property from them. And maybe in the upper Midwest and the Fargo, North Dakota area, there's not a lot of sellers utilizing that as a method of, of uh, disposing of their house. So we didn't have a lot of luck. And, but that's not to say that you wouldn't. And we've talked to many real estate investors where it's one of their main one or two strategies. And they get like half their deals from pay-per-click. So I think if you're in the right market and you're doing it properly and you're willing to put the spend in there, you can... Uh, definitely have success. Yeah, and, and it, especially when you're hiring, uh, if you don't know a lot about computers or you're not tech savvy or how this all works, hiring a company to do this might be your best approach. 
Uh, there are a couple things, a couple lessons that we definitely learned when we were talking to uh, these different uh, companies that specialize in this. Uh, first, I would definitely ask them a lot of questions around whether they have any experience with real estate investors, or if they, and if they have any existing clients, um, if you could chat with them because uh, it was a lot of uh, a lot of these companies will have experience with realtors. But when you start asking about real estate investing, it's a completely different animal um, for what your target audience actually is and what you're trying to achieve. Um, it, I think, I think it would have been we'd be better suited to find somebody who's in our niche or is familiar with what we do. Yeah, and actually, what I would say is go on to you know a real estate investor like Facebook group, a national Facebook group, speak with investors in different markets that are utilizing pay-per-click and maybe utilizing a national company that does it. And then, you know, because you're not really going to be competing against them because you're in your market. So if you can utilize that same company that they've had success with, then you could uh, you could utilize the same company in your market and someone that's been proven to have success. Yeah. So uh, the other thing that we learned, and I learned it on the second go around, is maintain control of the list of keywords that mm -hmm. they use when they're doing those advertising. Uh, we, in the second situation, actually had a portal where I could log in and see how the keywords in the campaign was running and, and what clicks, what terms were being clicked through to with. So um, I was able to download that list, maintain that list myself, and keep an eye on it. Although this is one of those set it and forget it uh, situations, uh, and you know you're you're paying somebody to do it, you'll also be surprised how much time you spend with them tweaking and changing the list uh, to try to get some sort of response rate. Um, so, although it, I'd like to say that it's completely out of your hands, uh, you do end up spending uh, some hours on the phone uh, with their campaign managers and trying to get. Because they're incentivized to make sure that this stays and uh, your account stays active with them. So they're going to want to maintain that type of contact. And, and you have quite a few meetings to keep tweaking and try to try to get your campaign to perform. Yeah, and you don't want to, like I said, give up too soon and you know run it for a month and say, well, I didn't get any houses, so let's pull this campaign. Give it the old college try, probably six months six nine months to a year and and then you really have a sense of whether it uh is going to produce results in your in your particular market and i think that's how you can really tell if that's going to be an effective strategy all right let's move on from that to uh other paid type of internet advertising so google twitter instagram um facebook ads right mm -hmm. so just any other type of online type of advertising and there's a million different ways to utilize uh, these. And again, I think just like everything else, you, you, your best bet is to pick one or two things and get good at that or hire a company that's good at that and be pretty targeted and, and in your approach and make sure you're doing it effectively and getting the ROI that you need. Um, we haven't done a ton of this. Um, and haven't hired a company so honestly you know full disclosure we're just kind of mentioning this as a as a tactic that we don't have a ton of experience with um so you best to find some type of di digital ad agency or you know and one that if they work with real estate investors specifically that's going to be your best bet again 
Yeah, the only thing that I would say is that um, when you're working with these and to keep the cost down on some of these things, uh, at least go through the effort of, of copying, pasting the, there's, it's called Facebook Pixel and Google Pixel, and get those on your websites. So even if you're not going to use them right away, at least uh, you're triggering those, uh, those pixels uh, for those ad networks so that you can take advantage of them down the road and allows you to target the past visitors. And if you have no idea what he just said, Again, hire a digital ad agency, <laughs> someone to ma- you know, a web- someone to maintain your website, and someone who knows what these things are. And you know, just to give an example of what retargeting is, it's if you ever search for an item, let's say on Amazon or just on Google, uh, search for toaster, and then all of a sudden you start seeing ads for toasters in your Facebook sidebar or your Twitter feed or you know any anywhere else on the web. It's because when you search for that term they took note of that and then start feeding you ads based on those search terms and you can do that to other consumers Um, so if you want to be the one that chases them around all creepily uh, you can be that company (laughs) so it's a great way to to retarget people that have searched for similar terms in the past so definitely something to take advantage of and i I can see that as being very effective because you know they say that it takes a certain number of impressions before someone is willing to take action before they'll purchase a product or take action on some type of uh, you know, advertising that they see. So you want to get in front of those eyeballs repeatedly seven, eight, nine, ten times uh, to have a chance at them taking action and staying top of mind. So when they're ready to sell, that there's your ad again. You know they <laughs> they can't avoid you. Yeah, so when you're talking to anybody who's going to specialize in doing any kind of Google, Twitter, Twitter, Twitter or instant Instagram ads uh, for you, um, make sure you, again, check some of their referrals and a, and a few other things. Make sure that they have that experience in real estate investing. And what I think is also interesting is that you will run into a few that, that kind of trust facebook's algorithm for example so they'll just because their their thought is that facebook will eventually figure out your audience um, i usually steer clear of somebody like that because it's and you'll find that actually quite often mm-hmm. so. again if you have no idea what he's talking about find another real estate investor that's using a national digital ad agency and just you know use them <laughs> find somebody that knows this stuff <laughs> All right, well, that kind of covers the digital uh, side of things. Now let's get to kind of old school, more tangible uh, things like, for example, billboards. Okay, now it seems very antiquated and old school, and how does this work for a real estate investor? Um, there's not a, a lot of real estate investors I know that have used billboards, but there are some, and it's interesting how they utilize them. They really aren't using them as a way to scrounge up deals necessarily. It's more about brand building brand awareness in your market so that when you do call someone or someone gets your postcard or they see your ad, they think, oh, it's that company. It's those We Buy Houses guys. It's whatever your name is. And if, if you have consistent branding, let's say you have a color, you know, that's associated with your advertising and your your marketing and your website if you're just always yellow or something then once they see 
your billboard, it just keeps you top of mind and, and raises your brand awareness. So I have used billboards in my a couple other businesses. Had no luck with getting any response, you know, as far as generating direct direct leads. But I think if you utilize it as a strategy of raising brand awareness, that that's how you could utilize billboards. And one tip I did hear from some from another investor was if you call up a billboard company and you'll say, I forget the exact term, but it was kind of whenever a contract runs out and they pull down an ad and the billboard is sitting there empty or unused for a period of time until they get another contract, you can kind of buy those empty periods of time on the calendar for a cheaper amount. So that might be one way to get get in and try that. Uh, but again, you have to give billboards, I think, a, a real shot. And you got to try it for an extended amount of time. And obviously, probably not just have one billboard. If you live in a large metro, you probably need to have a bunch out there to get that effectiveness of raising your brand awareness. So definitely not a cheap strategy. And I, I did look up uh, the average physical billboard 2019 pricing is 250 a month in rural areas and 1500 to 4000 in small to mid-sized cities and 14000 and up in larger markets. <laughs> so not a cheap strategy at all. But again, if you're one of the people that has more money than time, this could be a way to raise brand awareness and, and maybe generate some leads. So let's head over to bus benches. Uh, so I'm, I'm, now that you, you say those numbers regarding billboards, I'm kind of curious where these would fall. But um, we definitely see this as a popular strategy, at least for one real estate agency here in town. We're seeing that uh, done with a lot of realtors. And at one point, I even thought that this could possibly be kind of a good way to to uh, have an ongoing bandit sign, if you will, um, if, yeah. if the price was right. <clears throat> yeah, and just for point of reference here, Google search says bench ads range of 75 to $500 per display per four-week period. So between you know seventy five and five hundred dollars a month, basically, um, so a little bit cheaper than billboards. Obviously, have a much smaller area, and you're getting less less eyeballs on it. But yeah, I mean that I see realtors using this strategy all the time. So either they're just stupidly funneling money at this strategy, or it must work well enough. And I think one of the things that helps is again, it's good for brand awareness because this particular real estate company that does this it's all the same brokerage so you know they have similar colors and really all that's different is the agent's name and and picture but they have the same brokerage name the same colors so it's really raising that awareness of a pretty large brokerage here in town and it must be effective where they're willing to dump you know i've seen geez 20 or 30 of them at least around town and they're paying that every month that's that's not cheap no, and maybe they pass that on to the agents, you know, say, hey, get your face on a bus bench for 100 bucks a month or something, you know, whatever. And maybe they have a deal worked out, too. And I'm, I'm guessing if you buy 20 benches at a time, you probably get a volume discount. Mm-hmm. So maybe you could pair up with, uh, with another couple investors and buy a buy a, you know, package of, of bus benches. Um, but again, good for brand awareness. I don't know how many actual leads they're going to generate. But like you said, you could try it as a, as a bus bench bandit sign. We buy houses in your name and whatever, just just like it would be a ba- on a bandit sign, except for it's not going to get taken down by the city. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. 
So I, I guess I, I haven't had a lot of experience in this other than selling it, but uh, radio and TV advertising. Hmm. Have you had any experience with that? Not, no, and but I have talked to other investors in different markets that there's one guy that runs TV commercials, and he just, you know, sometimes these local cable companies will produce the ad for you for free if you buy a certain amount of time. So that's a pretty good way to get on. It's still not not a cheap strategy by any means. But again, if you're trying to be the big player in your town and have a big brand, if you're going on TV and, and you're buying a sufficient amount of time, people are going to see you. I mean, TV advertising obviously works. I mean, how many commercials from our childhood can we still sing the theme song, right? Yeah. So we know that TV advertising works. It's probably less effective than it was 20 years ago because, in my, in fact, my kids are so used to Netflix and streaming cartoons that one time when I was watching Sesame, or not Sesame Street, but something on network TV, uh, a commercial came on and my daughter yelled, Daddy, the TV broke. <laughs> she was, yeah, commercial was so foreign to her that she didn't even know what it was and she thought the TV was broken why did my show stop the TV's broke <laughs> I, had, I had something similar because my, my kids uh, we, we had an aerial antenna hooked up I think we were watching the Super Bowl and they wanted to fast forward through the commercials <laughs> and it, the, the concept of live TV was foreign to them yeah so I mean the younger generation especially they see commercials as on TV as super annoying so I'd, but again you know Honestly, when we're targeting sell, potential motivated sellers, their age group is probably in the the realm that still watches TV with commercials. You know, they're a little bit older, so that could be a way to get in front of them, you know. And imagine if your radio ad shows up, you know, during Rush Limbaugh or something, you know, you're going to target that demo, that demographic that's in the age group where they might be ready to sell um, and might be in the motivated seller demographic, so... Worth exploring, I think. And again, if you have more money than time, uh, you can definitely, there's a lot of money you can throw at radio and TV. Yeah. And, you know, when I used to sell radio advertising and a, a big push of that, and they will have. Yeah. What were your talking points when you go in and would sell it to people? What would you, what were the benefits? Well, the benefits is, you know, drive time. People are listening. You, you can easily give them numbers of listen, listenership. You know, you have, you have the, Nielsen ratings and everything so so it was kind of easier to explain and and show like your audience and when that's really impressions though but how about were you able to did you have any numbers as far as response like businesses that had used radio no and in fact they rely heavily on uh the owner's experience so you would really push hard to get the owner or somebody there to record the ad mm-hmm. or be in, involved so that when people came in it becomes an anecdote right that uh, oh i saw you on the commercial or i saw you on tv mm-hmm. for me that would help resell or up them later versus actual right. sales increases well and it's funny that you're basically saying look at how many thousands of people are listening but you're not saying our this company's sales went up by 10 percent nope. which really that the roi is what they should be interested in but obviously they're trying to get radio ads sold, so they want to use the numbers that sound big, and that they can say twenty thousand people heard heard you know heard heard this commercial over this drive time. Right. <laughs> Funny. 
So, but yeah, it was it was always an interesting experience selling radio, and and it was uh, it was always in a position too that you have to. It's repetition. Mm-hmm. You have to be in front of this audience multiple times because you know they're not sitting there with a pen and paper to take down your phone number while they're di- driving to work. Yep, exactly. That's why you got to make it very. Uh very memorable phone number, and that's why everybody buys one eight hundred Best Western or whatever, because you want to get a number that people can just remember when they hear it on the radio once. Right. All right. Well, as you know, we mentioned in all the other uh, episodes in this Finding Deals series, we recommend highly that you pick one or two strategies and just be the kings of that, and don't try to uh, do a hundred things at a time. Just pick. Pick one or two things and really get good at that and give it a solid try before you give up on it. We've put a lot of effort into providing useful content, and if you've found value in the show and have any interest in supporting us with a small donation, head over to patreon.com slash housedudes. And if you have any thoughts or questions, shoot us an email at info at housedudes.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at housedudes. And if you like what you're hearing, head over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It really helps other investors out there find the show. And remember, massive positive impact requires massive positive action. We'll see you next time. This episode is brought to you by HouseDudes.com. Do you have time to actively manage flipping and rentals yourself? If so, go for it. If you live in a market that won't cash flow or don't have the time to do all the work, are you just out of luck? If there was a way to participate more passively, would that appeal to you? I'm sure you have questions about how the process works and what to do next. If that's the case, fill out the form on housedudes.com slash investors, and we'll reach out to see if you are a good fit for our business. This is first come, first serve, and we will have to stop taking applications when our goals are met. See you at housedudes.com slash investors. a man what to do with his money, but if you ain't investing in property, then you're dumber than a dummy. I'm not dumb. I'm smart. Well, buy property. That's my advice.